Well, it's really good to be back with you today, brothers and sisters. As some of you may know, about two, three weeks ago, I returned to seminary, Mundelein Seminary, where Father Claydar is a recent graduate from, for my last year of seminary school. It's a great semester that I have this fall. I actually have a course called Confession Practicum, where we actually start practicing the sacraments. Next semester, I have one called Mass Practicum. This priest professor who often pretends to be someone else, like he'll come into our class and he'll say, okay, I'm a 35-year-old man and these are the sins I commit. What advice would you give me? How would you console me? What penance would you give? And then he would correct you. Your classmates would watch, give you tips, give you pointers, said, oh, you did a really good job there. But maybe you wouldn't have said that. But a fun little story for the final exam of this class, the deacon seminarian student, like myself now, asked one of his younger brothers in seminary to help him for the final exam, to come in and be a mock confessor, a mock penitent. And so, perhaps you could guess, Father Claydar asked me last year to come into his class and be that mock penitent. I gotta tell you, I was so tempted to make up the most bizarre, most crazy scenario you could have ever imagined. But I resisted that temptation. And he did a great job. And I've really been enjoying the class I have right now. But I tell you, I do miss summer. I miss being here. I mean, for the first time in my life, for the last seven years of seminary, I was at this parish functioning as a deacon, doing what I've been studying and yearning to do for most of my adult life. I mean, baptizing babies, preaching at mass, just being with people and growing in the faith. It was beautiful. And so when I returned to seminary two weeks ago, it's uh, probably similar to any of you who have children or grandchildren when they return to school. It took me by major surprise. <laughs> but I somewhat exaggerate about that, and I joke in a way, but the overall sentiment was, was true, that I was living in the moment of the summer, and so returning to seminary, it shocked me. And living in the moment, enjoying the treasures and the talents and all these things we have now in itself is not a bad thing. But again, I was rather unprepared for the seminary at hand, I, I forgot to order my books. I was late for my first class. I didn't check the schedule ahead of time. And so the Lord often calls us like, okay, enjoy where you are in the moment, but you always have to look forward to the future, knowing what we're created for. And in a way, I have to think that's what the steward felt today in the gospel. Or if you recall last Sunday, the prodigal son's older brother, how he would have felt upon his younger brother's return. You'll remember he said, Look, all these years I served you. Not once, Father, did I disobey your orders, and you never even gave me a goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who squandered everything, your treasure, your property, you throw him a party, but not me? The prodigal son had squandered his father's wealth, but realizing the evil he had done with his contrition, with his humility, he came back, and his father bestows everything upon him. Whereas this older brother, who's stuck in his ways, who's living in the moment, but not realizing everything that he already has, but that it's for a purpose, to be with his father and to be in love with him. And then today, seemingly like this prodigal son's older and jealous brother, this steward seems to complain quite a bit too, acting as if a rich fool. But there seems to be something mysteriously more to this character or to this story it was very confusing for me when I first read this. I had to reread it and reread it. For after the notice that his master has heard that he's been dishonest, 
and asks for an account of him that he's going to release him, this steward, he says, what am I going to do? He's only worrying about himself. He's like, I'm too proud to beg. I certainly can't dig for my work. I can't do manual labor. Where am I going to get my money? Where am I going to live? What is my future going to be? He had never thought of these questions before. But thinking on his toes, this poor man of a steward, he decides to cut all the debt that is owed to his master. Saying, you owe a hundred bucks? All right, we'll, we'll call it 50. All right, just, just keep it low. Now something that this is perhaps good on his part, that he's just simply not taking his commission. But that doesn't seem to totally add up. It rather seems that he was acting very self-centered in a very dishonest way and acting prudently for himself, setting up for himself treasure so as to live after he's released. And in fact, we're told Jesus commends the steward for this, for acting self-centered, for acting prudently. Now this is a parable, right? Being that it's meant to teach something deeper than perhaps always the face value. And that being, if the steward could be smart and prudent enough to plan for his earthly future, what's beyond that, after losing his job, how much more are we, the children of God, are supposed to plan for our own future, past this earthly one with these earthly treasures for our future in heaven? This is the task for all of us. All of us. Not just that stellar Christian, those saints that we always hear of in stories, but each and every one of us today. So what this parable is, more or less, is a massive wake-up call from the materialistic and this earthly treasure-centered world, where we are called and are moving very quickly to the world after, in a world, hopefully, of heaven, where we cannot carry these materialistic things, like wealth, but only ourselves and what we have done. And so Jesus is imploring you and me this day, brothers and sisters, to be prudent. To be so prudent, for example, to buy your class books two weeks before school starts, or to look at your schedule like myself and make sure you're not late to class. What is that for you? What is that something right now that is holding you a little too close to this world, keeping your focus not ultimately on God? And are you prepared for that next life, that future or is it catching you perhaps off guard? And that's not to say wealth or treasure of this earth is a bad thing and that possessing it and enjoying it is de facto a bad thing and makes you a bad person. No, that's not true. But whatever is ultimately not of God and if it's not watched and stewarded properly can keep us from Him, can keep us even from heaven itself. We're warned by Jesus very clearly. He says, again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And today he says, you cannot serve both God and mammon. But these bold phrases are never meant to scare us, to lead us to despair, but rather they're to call us on, to have us act in charity. For he also tells us, be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. And whoever gives to one of these little ones a cup of water, he shall not lose his reward, I promise you. And so if we love our neighbor, and I mean truly love our neighbor, even including our enemy, with the great treasures that the Lord has bestowed on us, the great talents he has given us, the Lord promises us we will have a reward in heaven. I'll close with this. It's a fam from a famous early church father. His name's Tertullian, who lived in the early 3rd century. He wrote these courageous words. 
Sacred scripture and Jesus are clear. They plainly say that we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one of us will receive the retribution, the things owed for the things done to him and our neighbor on earth, whether good or bad. And if we truly fear the cruel and unappeasable flame, remember God, who requires us to show mercy upon our brothers and sisters, to suffer with those that are sick, to open wide our hands to those that are in need, and to honor the saints of whom Christ says, He that receives me receives him that sent me. For showing mercy towards others is not without profit or benefit, for Jesus himself teaches us, saying, Whoever gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to him, he shall not lose his reward. For Jesus, who is in all and of all, is most generous, and he is never outdone in generosity. So let's daily remember our ultimate purpose, brothers and sisters, that we are not of this world, that we were made for the next, and to live now as if we are going to be saints for all eternity.